All right, we're here. We're live. As you know, crossover edition on game day between OBR's two podcasts, the film breakdown, All Eyes on Cleveland, Brad Ward, Jake Burns. Here we are. It's it's game day. It's been a really weird week for me, Brad, as you know, but we got through it. It's yes. been it's been uh, it's been eventful, but we're back on schedule, back on task. And we have what is a little less build up, lead up drama to this one than last week where. We saw the starters. We're going to get a large portion of the game. This one, we do not get that excitement. But nonetheless, plenty to take away from this game where there are some real opportunities for guys trying to make this roster. And we are going to break down and cover all of that for you. As we always do, though, we start with coverage. We start with betting lines. We start with historical trends, all of that fun stuff. And when the regular season gets here, if you're new to these crossover pods, we, you get even more information. You get fantasy insights that we try to give you all of it for your game day edition. So you Sunday morning, you have something to listen to while you're doing the honey do list or whatever you got to do to get through your morning before you get to your football Sunday. We try to cover all of it for you. But this the preseason is sort of a like an appetizer, Brad, or a light edition of what we actually provide on game day. So uh, yeah. we'll jump into it, man. So this is a, a 730 kick, right? And um it is the only game in the NFL on Thursday, which I had for, I had forgot that it was the only Thursday game. So talk about coverage, uh, where they people can can view it, and then uh, who might be on the call or where they you know where where we can expect in local Cleveland coverage, all that good stuff. Yeah, so locally, uh, it's the same uh, as this is your preseason crew now, uh, post uh, Hall of Fame game, right? So uh, on WEWS uh, ABC uh channel five here in northeast ohio uh chris rose joe thomas aditi kinkawala uh same crew you can also watch the game on nfl plus it'll also be on because it's the only game it'll be on nfl network and they did not disclose the crew that will be calling that game so yeah that's a wild card nfl network you never know. never know in season we get more clarity on who's covering the games and i know yeah. you guys are dying to know who's going to be calling your cleveland browns games we'll always have you covered on that uh let's talk brad looking at weather we we dropped the ball man oh. we were talking about beautiful weather last week for the game we show up we get to our seats and there is a front of rain and storms coming in that delayed that game significantly so our first failure as weathermen of your yeah. game day pod and we are determined not to let that happen again what's the early reading on the weather for this one in philly yeah so uh let's start with this so sunset <laughs> is at 756 so okay. sunset 756 uh 26 or so minutes after kick listen it's it's gonna be uh there's gonna be some cloud cover it's supposed to be 79 degrees nice and warm uh, they're not expecting uh, any rain, really, but there is a slight chance. So here's here's how I, you know we don't want to make this mistake again, right? So uh, at kick, there's a twenty percent chance of rain. Now, how much rain we're talking? Like less than an inch. So if it rains, it's not going to be much. The highest percentage it gets to all night will be at nine p.m it gets up to a 42% chance of rain. Still, not much if it does. I don't think it'll rain. Knock on something. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you're going to be at the game. Um, so 
there. Good night for football. There. Good night for yeah. football. Should All be right. fine. Should be Should fine. Be fine. Well, let's talk famous then. Famous last words. <laughs> yeah, famous last words. Let's talk off of the off the weather. Then we want to look at sort of, you know, what the what the history is here. There's two things I like hitting on with this trend stuff. Is last time these teams got together, last time that they uh, played in a preseason or regular season game. We know last year they did the identical scenario, but the game was in Cleveland, right? So, um, you know, we we saw the the preseason game in Cleveland. What did that one finish? I think it was what twenty one twenty. Was the final in that one? Yes, uh, they lost 21-20. Yeah, Gardner Minshew had a day. Josh Dobbs had a pretty good day in that one, if I recall. Had some nice runs. Had a good yep. scramble up the up the sideline. I think Josh Rosen played a lot in that one. So, uh, the, you know, that game was uh, pretty uneventful. It'll probably be feel pretty similar to this one, where it's just, again, the starting groups for these ones are going to be some of the, the, the guys who might be depth players for each team, be on the fringe. I think last year, like, Deion Kane had a pretty good game. He's kind of surprised he hasn't caught on anywhere else. Uh, but but yeah, you won't see names that are going to impact your Sundays all too much. I will be interested if Philadelphia puts out their young rookies. Sort of the talking to Fran Duffy yesterday about would, it, would Jordan Davis be out there? Would Nolan Carter. Smith be out there? You know, I'd I'd like to see. Um, yeah, Carter. My bad. You know, they, they took two straight Georgia defensive tackles, so uh, I don't think that we'll see the one uh, Davis, but we might see Carter. You're right. So uh, we're looking at this is is like that first group where you see. Some of those guys, like a Nolan Smith against Dewan Jones type of matchup, that'd be a lot yeah. of fun to see uh, for sure. So, uh, otherwise, gambling in this one, if you are a preseason uh, degenerate gambler, I think the Browns are a little bit of a dog on the road, right? Three and a half point dog on the road, uh, over under 37 and a half. The under uh, hit last week. You and I yeah. preached the under. I've been feel, banging like the, the under. Over, in I feel like over is a good one this, this week. Yeah. Man, these games are so impossible to pick. The preseason football. I'm. I've. I've learned my lesson. I'm staying away from the preseason. <laughs> what the hell am I? There's no player props in any of these. You can't find them hardly anywhere. So, uh, I. Yeah, I'll just stick with my baseball. I hit a couple times this week in baseball. So there we go. Okay. Right. Brad's advice, expert advice on this one is stay away from it. If you're if yeah. you're craving predicting a Browns win, you got to give up. Uh, you're going to get three points, but again, your odds are kind of weird in this one. I don't yeah. know. Did did Philly announce is Mariota playing in this one or not? I actually didn't see. I did not see going. either, and I would doubt it probably. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see. I, that's just my gut feeling is like, feels like Sirianni and Stefanski are kind of like lockstep and maybe like what they're trying to do here. So that would be yeah. my guess. So. Yeah, I would bank on that too. I don't even know who their third quarterback is, so we'll uh, we'll be surprised on game day when that uh, pre- yeah. you know, lands in your in your face on seven thirty at the kickoff. Um, all right, the last time we got together regular season though was I think the Carson Wentz. He played pretty terrible. That was when Philly was trying to figure out like was Wentz ever going to be the guy again? They were going, they were playing Hurts a little bit, yeah, um, but they they had no real direction. I think was that the twenty twenty season? I feel like it was twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020, the Browns won 22-17 to go to 7-3. and It'd be nice to have that 7-3 and three vibe again this year. But, uh, yeah, that's about everything in the pregame. Like I said, we'll have more when there's more to be had, uh, for lack of a better way to say it. There's just more meat on the bone during the regular season. There's, you know, trends of teams, how teams have been playing recently, so many more things that you can get into. But for preseason, depth chart stuff is – 
Um, you know, it's not, it's not huge. And sometimes it's just such a guessing game about who's going to be out there and who's not. So we'll cover everything we can. We hit on everything. I think that is important leading up into this one. Let's um, take a quick break. And then when we come back from break, we will hit on some players we'll be watching. Cause I think that's going to be it just kind of taking away some individual performances at this point. I don't think you're going to see schematic wrinkles that are going to be all too fun to, to learn anything from maybe as we have in previous weeks, it'll be pretty vanilla from both sides. So uh, player performances will be what matters. These guys who are fighting to make the team. We have no inkling on these, Brad, because a reminder, teams are not forced to make any cutdowns until the end of the third preseason game this season. And I was curious if teams would start making more cuts earlier. And I think we have our answer, Brad. Their teams are not making any cuts. They are keeping not, everybody around. Yeah. Not only that, they are uh, staying at trading, staying as close as they can to a healthy 90. Like, I mean, they are... If you pull a hamstring and you're on the bubble, you're out and a healthy body is in like that. So yeah. they're taking advantage of every single, yeah, um, you know, opportunity at camp to keep 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 guys fresh, but also just churn through, you know, who these players are. Do they It'll do they find somebody? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I was curious, like I said, that, that one of the many things I've been curious about with all these rule changes, quarterback rule is something we have to wait and see on still for how the majority of the NFL handles it, but. This idea here of of what teams would do would they cut down rosters sooner than than maybe they were forced to do? It seems, like you said, well well noted that teams are specifically filling back to ninety as quick as they can. So they are going to wait until the very last moment to make those changes. So like we said, important game for a lot of guys. We're going to hit on some of those important uh, names here right after this break and word from our sponsors. All right, we're back to your uh, crossover pregame show, OBR Film Breakdown, and All Eyes on Cleveland, Brad Ward, Jake Burns. We're going to do players to keep an eye on in this one, Jake. Uh, I'm going to throw it to you first because uh, there's, there's, you know, there's one guy that we all want to keep an eye on, right? Yeah, I think DTR has put together Dorian Thompson Robinson two really strong performances. Now, both of which have come in the second half, way down the depth chart. Uh, performances i tried to illustrate on my pod yesterday why that shouldn't be a surprise right guy has uh, an abundance of college experience he should come in relatively comfortable with what the quarterback positions asked to do and how things look and feel and he's done that right that's the baseline it's not to take anything away from him but it's to give him a compliment of this guy should look like he has been around a lot of football seen a lot of things and he has so that's great i want to see him playing against better competition earlier in games now obviously we know we're not getting him in a starting role here in terms of starting against an actual NFL frontline defense, but you are going to see him against some better players, right? These are going to be Philly's depth guys to start, and that's encouraging that he'll have an opportunity to go out and show a little bit more of what he is and who he is, and maybe the Browns will put a little bit more in his lap in terms of schematic requirements, so on and so forth. So a good opportunity for him, and like we said, if he puts together, strings together three strong performances of just very decisive quarterbacking, going with the football where it's supposed to go, all of that stuff, uh, you you start to ask the question of is Josh Dobbs expendable? Do they do they think he is a guy then that they can release and get back on the practice squad because they're not letting go of DTR? He is on the roster. They're they're keeping him. It's yep. whether they want to maneuver that third quarterback rule. They can do that. That's in their back pocket. But again, a lot of teams in this scenario would probably prefer to just have two quarterbacks and use that extra roster spot either for flexibility for the initial fifty three before they flip some things around or 
you know, just in general, going in perpetuity, keeping that situation alive. We've, we've talked about the mystery around that rule. We'll find more out over time. But, um, you know, having DTR, feeling comfortable with him to be your true second quarterback would be a massive step, in my opinion, in the right direction for, um, you know, the longevity of, of the relationship between Watson and DTR and where that all goes and helping cure some of the spots in your roster you're looking to solve. So he him putting together another strong one here with another one in Kansas City next week would be really encouraging stuff. So um, all eyes are on DTR in this one, man. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. Think that, uh, you know, I don't think it's out of the range of outcomes that Dobbs doesn't, you know, um, retain his. I'm actually a little surprised he's not playing in this one because he looked so poor um, the other night. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I can't get a read on that. I can't tell if it's because, like, hey, we know who he is. And yeah, yeah. We don't need to see him again, which they should. They they do know who Josh is, and they signed Josh ahead of the draft because they want they didn't want it. They didn't know they were going to have a chance to draft DTR. There, there's a lot of mystery there, right? Yeah. So they wanted to have backup secure, but you get yourself into these situations where you have an answer right in front of you. You don't need to really like delay it in any way. So, yeah. Um, it, again, really interested in what they think of. Uh, DTR coming out of this and and, and, and what that you know, roster spot will look like. It's either going to be, he's making it in some way or shape or form. Like I said, he's either going to be that game day quarterback or they believe in him to just come in and be the backup right away. I, I like he's done a bunch of really comfortable short game stuff. He's maneuvering that he's, he's operating quick decision-making. I would like to see some more nuanced decision-making more downfield throws, more uh, whole yeah. field reads. That's the stuff I'm looking for. And if he starts to pass those, I'm pretty sure that they'll feel comfortable giving him, that role but again that's an earned thing you got to earn that job you know so uh, yeah i think they're i think they're putting that in his lap and i'd imagine that you'll see dobbs like a ton of josh dobbs against kansas city is my hunch yeah that, that's a good point you know it's it's like are they comfortable no matter how good he looks are they comfortable with rolling with a rookie in such a critical season right like mm-hmm. uh to your point dobbs had you know showed up and played like a gamer at the end of last year uh, there's relationship with with uh, Watson there that goes back a ways. So it's it's an interesting uh, situation to keep yeah. an eye on. So well, you say you say it this way: if you cut DTR, he's getting picked up. Someone's picking him up. If you cut no Dodge, question. there's a chance you can get get him through. So you can get him through. Yep. So there's the two days, right? You have to worry about. I was just reading this over again yesterday. To, to make sure I was right on all this stuff, but you can protect four practice squad players, but you can't protect them from the end of the game till Tuesday. So mm-hmm. everybody's exposed for those, that period of time. So uh, when people are wondering about the, those protections and whatnot, they really aren't, they don't protect you from a whole lot uh, as far as like trying to keep guys that uh, you value and drafted with high draft capital on your roster. You're just, gonna have to come on your roster yep let's see yours all right uh, i'm going jordan wilkins new addition uh veteran running back uh from indy uh had ser- serviceable guy pretty good out of the backfield can catch it uh how does he fit in do they play him a ton i don't know you know he looks like he played in philly a little bit so um Felton looked by some people I talked to said Felton looked still looked good in Philly. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
how does he look compared to Felton? How do they line up as far as uh, depth chart wise? Like, what does it look like in usage? I'll just be kind of watching that whole situation with the running back because I have a feeling that Ford isn't going to be ready week one. So, uh, where who are we going to see backing up Nick Chubb? Right. It's a very fair question. It's a very fair question. And that, you know, Felton has been fine. Noted he's a third back for me. I don't see any ceiling above a third running back. And uh, then, you know, there's there's value in that. But third running back, it's sitting there for Ford. But if Ford isn't going to be back, as you said, then you start to uh, you start to question it. You start to question who's going to be the second guy. So big opportunity for Wilkins there for sure, man. Big time. Um, we'll go to my next one. I think the next one for me that is most interesting is a guy I pointed out the other day on Twitter after I finally got through the game, which is Mahmoud Diabate. I thought he played really well. He continues to play really well. He's strung together two strong performances, and he looks the part. He looks as athletic as he tested. He triggers quickly at the linebacker position at Florida and Utah, where he ended up transferring to Utah late in his career. He was a rush guy, and they like bringing him. He's like sort of what they call it. The position is a jack, which is a, a hybrid linebacker rush player who yep. comes off the edge a lot. And if if they're bringing five linebackers, they've had fun blitzing him. I shouldn't say five linebackers, five rushers, usually an additional linebacker. They've had a lot of fun blitzing him from either depth or up near the line of scrimmage. He's, uh, he's like I said, he's fast. He's, he's, he's strong. He's stronger than I thought he would be at the point of attack. Not that he's perfect, but I think the way he reads and reacts has been really promising to me. So he's been playing alongside Charlie Thomas and Charlie Thomas is UDFA out of Georgia tech, who is also a really speedy linebacker. And those two have been fun to watch together. I'd like, to see both of them here. I think, I think Diabate has got a chance to make the roster. I like him more than Jordan Kanasic. I, I like him more than some names that I think are really in heavy consideration to, to be, I don't know. You got to be careful with this, but like roster locks per se, you know, mm-hmm. I think obviously the top three with top four are pretty set in stone. Uh, walk JOK, uh, Tony fields. And, and um, you know, we'll see what they end up doing with, Sione Taki Taki, but then it's kind of figuring it out. And I know there are some others you're going to talk about one too, but the, the young guys here have, have a lot of promise and like Diabate is definitely an NFL caliber athlete and he's playing for a guy really kind of developing into what's going to be an off ball linebacker role. I've been, I've been really impressed with how quickly he's handled some of the challenging processing parts of that role so far so i'm really encouraged by him and i'll be watching him closely again coming off a strong performance yeah he's always around the ball it feels like um and uh, that's a good sign for sure um i'm gonna stick with a similar theme here and stick with linebackers as matthew adams appears to be back from his injury um you know you've got fields and you've got diabate who i think uh to your point has a pretty good chance to make the team at this point uh, at least until we see what happens with Taki Taki, right? And then, uh, so with Adams coming back, I know he's a special teams kind of, a, you know, that's kind of what he was brought on for. But he did test, you know, at linebacker, if you dig into it. I mean, he's a 70 defensive PFF grade guy compared to, you know, Phillips and Fields, who in the past have been in the low 50s. 
Um, he's a bigger body than those guys. Not that you want bigger and slower there, but sometimes maybe you do, right? So uh, I'll be interested to see what Adams looks like playing linebacker. Does he do anything? Does he move the needle at all as far as that position goes? Yeah, I think linebacker is a spot where the end of the roster, uh, defensive tackle obviously as well, where those guys are fighting. All of those yeah. guys are fighting for opportunity. Um, you know, and availability is huge for 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 a guy, especially like like Adams. You're talking about, you know, is he he's getting on the field finally? I was talking about that with Corey Kennan earlier with Tristan Hill. You know, maybe yep. there is something there. Maybe he was started strong, but we haven't seen him for two and a half weeks. Yeah. So it's tough to make the roster. You can't. What's the corny old saying? You can't make a club from the tub. But it is a it is a real thing. I mean, it's hard to to justify keeping somebody who's a non impact player in the past right as just a trust me on this sort of thing you know so um that's what you're up against that's what they're up against Uh, guys like that and and, and matt adams is a a couple games behind that he could have been out there showing some things so uh, he he will be looking to flip the switch my last one is austin Watkins, right i mean what more can we say he continues to put positive reps on tape we saw the one-hander in philly Albeit a two-yard gain, nonetheless a great one-hander. <laughs> and actually, sometimes when he is um, running, playing all of that, I, I, I just see Jarvis Landry. Jarvis like it just Landry. looks like him in that eighty uniform. He's not. It's funny. He he kind of has a similar size to Jarvis, a little bit bigger, but yep. is sort of similar in terms of um, this the the speed. They're not straight line burners. Jarvis had a lot more quick twitch, nu- uh, nuance, savvy to his route running, but. You know, I'll give Watkins credit. He catches everything, the ball in front of him, right? He's, I think he's a slick route runner, does a nice job there, you know, creates some, some separation, even though the, the speed and twitch is not off the charts or anything. But he seems to be able to run routes with the correct tempo, the correct timing, and be in the right spot for his quarterbacks to find him. And he catches everything in the frame, outside of the frame. Some difficult catches have been made. Um, he's done everything he can from what we've seen. Uh, obviously, we don't see everything at camp. We don't see every single rep, but it, it's beyond encouraging what we have seen. And you feel like he's a young guy who has a chance that if they don't feel Jakeem Grant, if they don't feel Darden, some of these guys at the end of that room are worthy and they want to keep six or seven, he has a real chance. I, I mean, the hunches he's on the practice squad, but all it takes is a couple performances in these next two games where it's like we cannot expose that guy to other organizations. He's going to land somewhere because everybody's yep. scouting everybody's preseason tape. So if they catch on the way, you know, the Browns are, are going to be the only game on all it takes is some sort of little performance here during this, this time when you're the only game on that catches the scouting department of a couple other places and he's picked up, he's gone. So I think it'll be uh, a, a big two game stretch for him and the Browns will have a tough decision to make, put it that way. I'm not here to predict he's making the roster because I don't like to go crazy on that stuff. Those, those crazy predictions. I understand the, the, I just like to get the reasoning on why they make some of the decisions they make. I don't think it's going to make or break their season. Put it that way. I don't think it's going to make or break the season if you don't keep Austin Watkins around. But I do think there is something there with him. And I, and I, I think that you'd be remiss to just sort of brush that off. And I think that yeah. there's a real chance for him. And, and uh, these two games will have a lot of opportunities to get a large snap share in, in both of them. He had what, like five for 70 uh, in the Washington game. Uh, mm-hmm. very productive. I mean, he goes up and he goes up and just snatches the ball yeah. out of the air. Uh, he plucks so it. He does. He does he a does. good job. Right. 
So mm. I mean, that's half the battle. He looks like he looks like an NFL receiver, and that is yes. some guys. You know, you can just I don't have to I don't have to name names here, but some guys don't. So yeah, um, it's it's encouraging all the way around for him so far. The longer that Darden and Grant are out, the more that path seems uh, potentially mm-hmm. open for him. So uh, I'm going to go to my last guy here and then we'll wrap things up, but I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Ronnie Hickman. Uh, you know, he had the two interceptions. He was in the right spot. You know, he, him and him and Bell are both playing free safety. I'll an article out on their uh, position battle tomorrow, but, they both playing a lot of free safety snaps kind of uh, against each other, almost uh, identical snap numbers in Washington, almost are pretty close there at free safety slot and about 10 in the box for both of them. So mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, you know, Hickman had a 90 overall PFF grade in that game with the two interceptions, the break on the ball and the late interception was beautiful. Beautiful break on the ball, rips it away. Uh, he was in the right spot on the on the other interception, so he has kind of uh, thrust himself uh, into the mix here with uh, Bolden leaving uh, due to a hamstring injury, uh, and he's taking advantage of those snaps. And I think he very much has a chance. The the hurdle he has to get over is on special teams, right? Because you know, Bell played so he played 16 out of 17 games on special teams for the Browns last year. So, can he get over that hurdle uh, there? And uh, I think he can overcome it um, as a defender too. Like if he's that much better than Bell, because Bell is hasn't looked great in the preseason. Um, he kind of got uh, you know. He, he's had mid sixties grades, but he, I think a, a couple of uh, the plays in, in both games were maybe uh, his fault a little bit, but either way um, that's going to be the earliest to get over is on special teams for Hickman, because he looks like he looks like he's bigger than I thought. And he looks like he plays the part there free safety pretty well um, the way that he looked last week. So, that certainly has become a bit of a battle there between those two. Can he play well on special teams? And then, you know, I do think it's in the range of outcomes, Jake, that neither of them make this team, right? Like I think they could roll with three safeties. So not only are they competing against each other, but also against uh, the rest of the roster bubble guys. Yeah. He had uh, those two plays, like you said, rangy first interception, which was good to see you know, playing center field and, and working out to a, to a throw outside or close to outside the hash. So good yep. to see, especially jumping that dick. He did get, um, you know, in slot seam coverage, dropping down pretty toasted by Jahan Dotson, but Jahan Dotson yeah. is a real player. We know Jahan Dotson's expected to have a really big year. So he's good. That was a welcome to the NFL moment for him. I'm sure he would agree uh, with that because Dotson did a great job of selling a sort of skinny post and then putting the foot in the ground and burning back outside. That's tough to cover. I mean, it's just tough to cover for a guy. Um, you know, just sort of learning the nuances of the NFL position, right? So I think Hickman's got a chance. Bell's got a chance. Bell hasn't really been challenged much, so it's like um, sort of tough to delineate, you know, has he played well or not? That's probably more they will judge practice more, right? You know, because they they liked him. Yeah, He's still out there on a bunch of special teams, and I, I do think that special teams are a good breadcrumb trail to follow for some of these guys. Like, 
hey, if, why is that guy never out there on special teams, but he's a linebacker? That tells you that there's probably not much of a future for that player unless they're like obviously a starter. Even the starters get a decent share, like JOK's on kickoff team and all that. That's why I've been kind of keen on Diabate is that he's a you know a huge anchor in special teams. And Hickman's been out there a little bit. Bell's been out there. So um, it is a good battle. That four safety seems to be between those two. I don't see any reason they wouldn't keep four safeties unless they just don't like either of them. But I think yeah. there's enough to like with Hickman to to make that a battle, put it that way. And 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 there's there's usage, right? There's there's heavy special teams usage for those players. So it is a again a marquee showing for both of them who should get a lot of opportunity to play and have a chance to make some plays on the football for sure. Uh, just uh, because I was writing this article, I have this here, but. Uh, special teams wise, I was looking at that as far as reps. And I don't know if this is because Bell was so good that they felt like he could sit in there, but he only had two special teams reps in the Hall of Fame game and then nine in Washington where Hickman was on the field for 12 both games. So I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, maybe that he has more to prove there potentially. That it's could possible. be that, that case. So, yeah. yeah, that's possible. It's It's always kind of hard to tell. You know, especially if um, they're trying to get, you know, some reps for other guys or, yeah, uh, you know, some exposure. I, I, I mean, it's also hard to get up, get into sort of patterns because, you know, it's a new special teams coordinator too, and yeah, you know, what do they like right to do? That. Who are they, who are, who are they looking at, and how do they go about those rotations? So, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But I do think more the more special team snaps, and it sounds like both of those guys are getting their share of special team snaps. The the more. Uh, chance a guy has especially like those safeties tight ends linebackers to make the roster just because those are the guys that can they're big bodies but they can also run right and that's that's what coaches are looking for is is big bodies who can who can still run so um yeah that's that's probably about it brad i think we've covered players we're watching for like we said from the philly side i just want to see if some of those youngsters find the field i mean paying yeah. keen attention to their first round guys you know keely ringo is a guy that they ended up drafting as well yep. Um, uh, I think Elijah Ricks or Eli Ricks, the, the UDF out of Alabama is a corner for them. That's been on the field uh, a pretty good amount. Uh, I can't think of if they've had any other uh, offensive weapons that they've added. I don't expect either of the two running backs that, that are going to be Swift and Penny, obviously, or not. They saw the field last week. I don't expect them to see the field uh, all too much in this one or at all. They might they probably won't even see the field at all. So. Uh, otherwise, I can't think of anybody else. Did they draft anyone else that you can think of no, that would be? I was thinking of interest. Like, will Quez Watkins play or somebody like that? Probably not. Um, yeah, I'd have a hard time seeing Quez play. I feel like he's kind of locked in. Yeah. To their um to their you know third wide receiver role. I do want to look at their draft real quick to see if there's anybody. Um, they had that they had they just had so many picks so early. So they took Tyler Steen, uh, the 65th pick. So we'll see him on the offensive line. Uh, they took Sidney Brown, a safety that we really like. He's uh, the, like, the, I think he's going to start for them is kind of the rumor. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all. Very athletic player, tackling issues, but he's, he was everywhere for them. So just guys that I remember from draft season. So Keely Ringo makes his way there at pick 105. Tanner McKee, the quarterback. I think was he, was he a Stanford kid? He was a Stanford kid. I can't remember. Um, so he is uh, pick 188 on the sixth round. I'm sure. Yeah, he is a Stanford kid. Uh, pro football focus was really high on him. And then he goes, he goes uh, all the way down at pick 188. Um, so he will obviously McKee will get a bunch of opportunity. Then Mora Ojimo, another name. I'm sure you remember there, Brad, he goes pick 
yeah. 249, the defensive tackle. So we'll try to see if anything from uh, some of our evaluations, because some of those guys like the Sydney Browns, you know, Nolan Smith was a pipe dream back when you had the yeah. 42nd pick. Um, you know, we'll see what what uh, one ends up coming from uh, if he gets out there on the field at all. But, uh, you know, Ojimo was definitely a guy that we were all sort of buzzing about. On too. our so, radar, for sure. Yeah. A lot of guys to to pay attention to from from the draft perspective as well. Totally agree. Uh, great job, Jake. Uh, this has uh, been another edition of, uh, you know, as you said, uh, pregame light or diet pregame uh, here tonight for the preseason. Uh, any uh, other parting words, Jake, before we get out of here? I got nothing. Enjoy some football. We get, you know, two games in what, six days. That's exciting. So I don't think the, the Chiefs game, I think, is a Sunday. Uh, so it'll be a little bit of a break before before you get to see the next one. So enjoy yeah. some and Cleveland then, Browns football. And then it starts to count after that. So um, lot, it's a little bit – we've made it a long ways through camp here. It, it's gone quickly, right? This is already mm-hmm. preseason game three for the Browns, two officially, uh, one more, but still like, uh, what, three weeks to go. So it's uh, it feels like we're almost there, but we're not quite there. So um, – Get those it's, fantasy uh, drafts done out there. Yeah. We're running out of time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I probably need to stop uh, drafting so many best ball lineups. I'm going to, uh, you know, overload my uh, exposure here to all of that. So uh, I but can't, that, I can't uh, find a fantasy league I can say no to. It's a it's a bad addiction. Bad see, addiction. It, so. I just can't. I can't. I'm like, I can't do like the regular fantasy stuff like anymore. And I'm so addicted to best ball. Like you just draft forget it draft forget it it's perfect it's the perfect it's formula perfect. you don't right. have to respect it you don't have to you don't have to manage it week to week you don't have to worry about venmo and twenty dollars to somebody and or trying to collect twenty dollars from your crazy uncle or cousin or something like that right so that's right uh, there it all is all right well there it is there's our fantasy hour we we covered uh <laughs> fantasy perspectives for you so you got it all on this show folks we're out of here listen for brad at the uh all eyes on cleveland hub for myself at the obr film breakdown hub we appreciate you being here we appreciate you stopping by check out both of our latest podcasts which have released in the last few days well worth your time consume all you can about your cleveland browns via the obr which is an active hub for all things news analysis film all that great stuff it's all readily available and at your fingertips so join us at the obr and you will be as uh, as educated a browns observer as anybody in your circle i promise you that you will learn uh, you will learn quite a bit in the community and you'll have a chance to learn even more on a daily basis and ask questions and it's a great community for cleveland browns understanding so for brad for me thanks for being here And for us at the OBR, thanks for stopping by every single day. Have a fantastic Thursday. And tonight, go Browns.